0: you know some of their friends have unlimited access because they've got apple pay and then other kids that have no allowance and never have any money to spend and i guess this is just like a real world lesson also is kind of navigating how you deal with your friends and peers and colleagues and everybody's got different types of budgets and different amounts of money and i'm going to have to teach him like just because your friend can swipe everything with apple pay doesn't mean you can use apple pay that way you still have to follow these rules and the strategy that we've been working on.
1: Hello, and welcome to Sense of Responsibility. I'm Alec Lindenauer, a certified financial planning professional, husband and chief allowance officer to two daughters. I'm also the creator of the Sense of Responsibility tools and how-to instruction parents need to raise their children into financially literate, money-savvy adults even if they don't know much about finance
0: themselves. I'm Julie Franz, a chef entrepreneur at heart, wife and mother of two middle school children. I also curate the Sense of Responsibility community so parents have a forum to ask questions, share success stories, and discuss their journeys. As a financial newbie myself, I'm also cultivating our group support system to help carve out my own family's path toward financial literacy.
1: Welcome back, core parents and caregivers. Looking forward, as always, to today's episode. This episode was inspired by a scary statistic that I heard, which is somewhere between a third to a half of Americans cannot cover a surprise $400 expense. So what would help the majority of those folks? An emergency reserve. Of course, that's not possible for everybody, but that is the prescription according to a lot of methodologies for financial planning. Now, in our last episode, we discussed behavior over finance. Behavior is the idea that, hey, money's not such a scary thing. If you get into the finance conversation, well, that's science, right? That gets a little bit scary. But if we talk about behavior, that's letting our kids practice with money. How do we practice a cash reserve? If that's a behavior that we want them to develop, well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to get granular, we're going to get actionable, and we're going to get helpful. So stay tuned for that. And incidentally, I did write a recent blog post about this very topic, about emergency reserves for your kids. So you can check that out at senseofresponsibility.com slash blog. And of course, Sense is C-E-N-T-S. Also, I just want to tell you that the best place to start your core journey or to improve your core journey is at senseofresponsibility.com slash resources. And as always, I invite you to rate this podcast, give us a comment, drop us some feedback whenever you get a chance. All right. Enjoy and teach sensibly.
0: Today, Alec, we're going to be talking a little bit about how to use an emergency reserve fund and how that could be a great addition as a fifth bucket to your allowance program. You're actually going to tell me how to do it because this is not something I've tried and I'm really excited about learning from you another... Tool of the trade, and then we're just going to get into it. We're going to share some stories. Love talking the wins, the challenges, the good, the bad, ugly.
1: Always the ugly. Always.
0: I know, and, and how we've come, come around to see the other side and see the light. So <laughs> let's get into all it. Right. Tell us, uh, tell us what you're all about today, Alec.
1: All right. So an emergency reserve. Julie, I was doing some reading a couple of weeks back and I came across this statistic. This was during April. It was uh, financial literacy month. And it said something to the effect of that, like over half of Americans cannot cover a surprise $400 expense. And I was like, wow, that is that's startling. That's heartbreaking. I mean, that's that's a, a tough statistic to hear. If I'm wrong, it's like 40 percent or 60 percent. I mean, it's a pretty big number. And when I got my certified financial planning designation, one of the key tenants like one of the core things in terms of, okay, well, what do you plan for? It is the idea of an emergency reserve. It's the idea that you save up somewhere between three to 12 months of living expenses. And you have that as a backup for your life as you, as you move forward in the event, whether it's you lose your job or there's a recession or the air conditioning breaks or whatever an emergency may be. And the idea was that if you are uh, in an industry or you have a job that's something where it's very vulnerable, you should have closer to the 12 months. And if you have very, very good job security, income security, then it should be something closer to the three months. And it's a it's a personal preference, but it's a basic tenet of financial planning is the idea of this emergency reserve. Through all of these tactics, these money teaching tactics for our kids, if we're trying to create experiential learning opportunities for them, I've been thinking, okay, well, how do you create the idea of an emergency reserve for your kids? How do you get them to practice that? And that's really what I've introduced to them. So, you know, you went through the elementary starter course, which is, okay, well, K through six, K through seven, somewhere in there, you know, utilizing the different buckets, spend, save, invest, and donate. Now that they're firmly in middle school and, and high school, as that process evolves, yeah, we have added this fifth bucket, a fifth bag, a fifth wheel, whatever, whatever it is you want to call it. But yes, yeah, so now they have that, what I call their, their emergency reserve.
0: I love it. Yeah. You know what John's emergency reserve will be used for? What's that? Bike maintenance. Mm. every day. There's another tire popped or bearings need to be replaced. I mean, the amount of money that goes out for this kid's bike, all his bikes. And I just keep saying, you need to have more money in your savings for bikes. And I don't know, there's a weird gap there of his understanding because savings feels like something you should be saving for fun things or saving up for something, saving for camp, saving for a car, saving, you know, big things. And so I think having this idea of like, yes, the savings can be used for future good things. The emergency reserve also has to be there for those unexpected things that allow you to do life. So exactly. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a great idea.
1: So how we introduced it, what I did was I started with when Eve was in sixth grade and Grace was in eighth grade because they had different income amounts. I basically just mandated it. I said, okay, this is what we're doing now. We're going to add a a fifth bucket, and it's called your emergency reserve. Eve, your number is $30. Grace, your number is $40. It just felt like appropriate numbers for me and my household, just in terms of, okay, well, these are amounts that potentially if something happens, if you get into a situation that this would cover it. There was no real science behind that. You know, all the other things that we've done have been pretty formulaic. This, I, I just really went with my my gut. So sixth grade, thirty dollars, eighth grade was forty dollars.
0: Well, I guess you had to have some idea when you came up with those numbers of what that would cover. Like for John, for example, his number would be a hundred dollars because bike falls, crashes, needs a new seat, gonna cost fifty. Yeah. I mean, I can I can like start kind mm-hmm. of formulating those numbers based on experiences. So I know for him, it would have to be a hundred. Now, Cassidy doesn't really have too many emergencies. Like she's very calculated. She knows how much she has. She never runs out of money. Hers might be 30 and that would be fair. So what in your head would be an emergency need for your kids?
1: So I think if they're in middle school, anywhere between that 30 and $50 is a good starting point but you have to be flexible to adjust. So here's how I introduced it initially. I said, girls, this is the amount that we're starting with. Eve, it's $30, Grace, it's $40. Now keep in mind, you know, I created this idea. It wasn't like I read it somewhere and I got a formula, so it it had to be tried and true. I had to, to start with something, give it a whirl, and that worked. However, shortly thereafter, Grace had a windfall of cash come to her, her position, her cash position and investment position dramatically changed from what it was before. So for her, I mandated, even though I didn't think she needed it necessarily, I said your new amount is a hundred dollars because she she had it. It was easy for her to siphon the gifts that she had. She was blessed and fortunate to have that, so it made it an easy way to do that. But initially, to get to the thirty and forty dollars, I didn't say, okay, everyone, I'm funding it. I didn't say that, and I didn't say, okay, everybody. You have to fund it today. I said, this is the goal. This is where we want wanna be. And it took them each somewhere between three and five core days, so three and five monthly allowance days for them to get to the point where they were fully funded in their emergency reserves. Make sense?
0: I, I understand how you got there. I want to know what kind of emergencies would you foresee? Like what what have you seen in the past? What would yes. you have liked this emergency fund to pay for from previous experiences just to kind of give everyone an idea of what the difference is between emergency funds versus pulling from savings or using your spend
1: great question there has been there's three times that i can think of offhand where this came up and all i think are perfect examples of, of when something like this happens so the first is the girls they fight oh my goodness the
0: they mirror
1: fight. the mirror <laughs>
0: How could we mirror. forget the mirror?
1: <laughs> that's right, the mirror. So they both had, Julie, they both had mirrors on the back of their their door to their room. But now only one of them has a mirror on the back of her door. And that would be Grace. And that's because Eve and Grace were wrestling over their door, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The door slams, the mirror shatters. And I said, OK, who's going to pay for that? I sure didn't want to pay for that. And when we looked at what they had in their spend money, while their spend money was a little limited, so we said, okay, well, it's going to come from your emergency reserve. And they were able to pay for the replacement of that, which, perfect, right? That's no different than your air conditioning breaking or my air conditioning breaking. You look at my checking account and saying, wait a minute, you know, I didn't realize that was going to be a, an $8,000 expense or 10000 or this, or we have a flood or a hurricane or a tornado or whatever the case is. They experience that that exact same thing. This is exactly what I want to practice.
0: Okay, good. All right, so that's one. The mirror.
1: That's one. Next one is Eve, and I were walking on Lincoln Road in a little outdoor pedestrian mall here, and she was about to go off with her her friend, and she was calculating in her head and also looking in her wallet and with the debit card, and she was trying to think, oh wait, oh you know what, I'm about to go and spend time here with my friend, but. I don't really have that much money. And she muttered to herself, but I heard it crystal clear. She said, good thing I have that emergency reserve. And I was like, yes. And that's exactly right. Because there are times when we dip into that, right? And it's great if we all have it. Like I said, half of Americans don't, but those that do, there are times where you can use it. It's not ideal to use it for a want instead of for a need, but it is there. It is a resource. It can be tapped into And it turned out that she didn't use it. But the fact that she was thinking about it, right, is exactly what I want. She knew, okay, I have a backup. I don't feel strapped for cash. I've made a plan that I feel better just going about my daily routine that I have that backup.
0: I like that. You know, Cassidy loves to go shopping, as you know. And sometimes, you know, on the weekend, if she's bored and doesn't have plans, that's just a fun outing to do with a friend. So I'll say, hey, Saturday afternoon, you don't have any plans. You want me to drop you and a friend off at the mall? She goes, yeah, I would, except I don't have any money left. And I say, well, yeah, but you could still go shopping. It's still fun. No, it's not. It's not fun if you don't have money. Then it's just painful, you know, to have to look at all the things (laughs) you don't have money for. So I feel like if she had that emergency fund and she knew that Somewhere back there, she had $50 in case she finds something she wants. Then she would be more apt to go and enjoy the mall on a Saturday afternoon, even if she didn't have money in her wallet. So I like, I like it for that um, option, too, just to know it's there, but it's not in your spend.
1: Right. So that was, that's number two. You know with the credit bill, right? The credit bill is part of, again, the elementary starter course where kids are not always carrying their wallet around. And so we have the credit bill on the fridge. And when they borrow money from the mommy, daddy, caregiver bank, when we're out, come back and we write that down on the fridge so that they can repay us come allowance day. Now, if they don't actually cover that expense, if they've overspent their credit bill, then they have to pay a penalty. In this case, $10 penalty. Well, one time Grace did actually overspend, right? And she said, wait a minute, I have my emergency reserve. So she paid out of that and she avoided a $10 penalty. Again, feeling the, just that gratitude that she had, that sense of gratitude, like, oh, I have this, this safety net that I hadn't planned on, but it just saved me $10, right? Which is real life.
0: Yeah. What a great real life moment because I've definitely been in that situation before where it's like, oh my gosh, I have a bill due. It's $1,500. I only have $1,200 in the bank. What am I going to? I don't want to pay the late. And yeah, pulling it out of that emergency and knowing, okay, I've got that 300, I've got to add back in there by next month. We're good. I think that's a really great thing for an eighth grader to start learning about, or ninth grader.
1: Yeah, ninth grade. And, and what I love is that she did it, it worked, she practiced it, and now she's only been contemplating using it since. She hasn't actually dipped into it, which is exactly what I want. That's the lesson, Yeah, the right, goal. Is the goal, just to have them think about it, know it's there. Yeah.
0: Okay. Just from your examples, I can see how that would work for both of my kids. Okay. So I'd like to know, you know, how you got it started. I know you touched on it a little bit at the beginning of this conversation, but I'm just kind of thinking like realistically how I would introduce this. I'd have the conversation and give the examples of what an emergency fund is there for. I, I kind of am thinking maybe i would even help with a little bit of seed money for that fifth bucket just so it's not all of a sudden like here you have this resource and now it has to go into five buckets instead of four that i feel like that might set off kind of a bad tone or a little bit of anxiety they already feel this budget strap is that a good idea do you think to to like start them with a little bit of money and then give them some goals and some strategic steps forward
1: so you know i'm a big proponent of You have to do whatever works in your house. Whatever you're doing that you can stick with, that's the best way. Right. I found given their cash flow, their spending, their income, this worked in this way. I think that it is important that they have some stake in the game. So if you say, hey guys, here's the plan. You're each going to have, let's just say $60 because that makes it easy and they're both in, in middle school. So $60 and what I want you to do is I want you to fund it over the course of the next three months but whatever you put in, I'm going to match. So you're going to put in 10, I'm going to put oh, in 10. Then the next like month, that. you 10, I did. You know, something like that. So they see you matching it. It's joint participation. This is what it's for. And so they have buy-in into the process.
0: I like it. Yeah, we haven't done any matching yet, which I think is a is a good educational component also. I think this will be the next added step. I like that a lot. And three months, you know, that gives us the summer which I think is a good time also to start utilizing some new tools. I like it. Okay, so then show, like, tell us a little bit about Core Day, and can you just dive into that a little bit more of like how that looks in your house now when it comes to the five buckets?
1: Yeah, so initially um, during the, let's call it the phase-in period, it was putting that bucket out and saying, okay, remember, this is the goal, and sort of re-explaining it, and making sure that they understood what the purpose was. And then watching them allocate, me reminding them, okay, this is the goal. You need to get Eve, you need to get to 30, Grace, you need to get to 40. So making sure they got there. Once they're there, I basically just remind them. So actually on the front where it says emergency reserve, I wrote the amount. So it says right on there now, again, Grace, $100. It says, Grace, emergency reserve, $100. And Eve, emergency reserve, $30. And I just say, you didn't tap into this this month, did you? No? Okay, great. Let's make sure it's all there. It's all there. Good. You know, just reminding you, you have this. That's it. The whole conversation, putting it in front of them, knowing that they have it there, giving them that reminder. You don't have to have a lot of conversation about it. They basically should know, but it's just that reminder. That's it.
0: I like it. Yeah. I think as you're talking, I think The first time we introduce it, I might actually start talking about it just like in the car, you know, over the weekend or something like that to kind of start saying, like, hey, you know, what would you use an emergency fund for? Have you ever found yourself in that situation where you really wished you had a backup or, you know, kind of start planting the seed? And then when we do the next core day, which I guess is not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, then we can really sit down and make that part of the conversation of like, what's the actual amount? What are the steps to get there? I think having that pre-conversation will be really important um, to just start them thinking about all the different ways an emergency fund could be useful, ways that we wouldn't use it. I mean, I can see John immediately going, like, saying, I'm hungry, I want a meatball sandwich, and I've got that envelope there, you know? (laughs) I think we're going to put it in an envelope that's, like, sealed. You know, it's, like, not so easy. He just tends to just... Oh, so, you know, he gets hungry. <laughs> There's Look, that you mind. can also
1: put the stipulation on this saying the emergency reserve is for discussion purposes, meaning. Right. Don't touch it without you,
0: talking about it.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah. You must come talk to us. It must be a conversation for you to tap into an approved reason. I don't know exactly what those reasons are yet, but we'll know it when we see them. And John Meatball Sub isn't one of them.
0: Right. Meatball Sub, <laughs> yerba mates, like. All the things that you run over to the grocery store for, not part of the emergency plan.
1: And Uh, I think part of that pre-conversation, hugely useful is to tell them, you just said yourself, you've been in that situation. If you can think of real examples where you were in that situation, or you can relate to that situation where this would have been a good time for you to have that, how much more comfortable you would have been, or whenever it is that you can draw on personal experience to tell them, I think is hugely useful.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely agreed. So you feel like it's working? This is something that you're going to keep on with and start sharing with parents more and more? Absolutely.
1: A blog post is actually live about that already. And I really was excited to introduce you to it this way, you know, so we could really dive into it. And it is definitely going to be, I'm hoping by the end of the year, we really get to do the middle school starter course. And this would be that either the middle school starter course, or it's the continuation for elementary starter. So middle school up and running course, if you will. But it's definitely going to be part of that because it is working, I think, amazingly well. It does exactly what it is we're trying to do. We're trying to teach them the behaviors around spend, save, invest, donate, borrow, like create good habits through practice. This is exactly doing that. And like I said, it's one of the key tenants of financial planning. How could I not want them to practice that? So yeah, definitely going to be talking about it a lot.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'll am i let you know how it goes.
1: Of course. And I know you had a, something else you wanted to talk about, something else on your mind as the kids oh, go running around so, with yeah. their money.
0: There's so many things to talk about, so many stories to share. Teenagers, You. you have girls and in my experience, girls have it a little bit more together than boys, but I guess it just depends on the kid. Cassidy's, like I always tell you, she's she's got it down. You know, she's a spender, but she's got everything unlocked down, where John, is, his head would fall off if it wasn't completely attached.
1: We take a while to have faith. We come around.
0: So, I mean, the kid, you know, now he's wearing like the rubber bands for his braces. So he has to carry around these little bags of rubber bands and do that all the time. And where are they? He doesn't know. I mean, it's like all these little things that are added on to his life. They just, he can't keep track of any of them. They might be here. They might be there. He might have fallen. They might have fallen out of his pocket at school or the bike. He doesn't know, right? Right just using the rubber bands as an example, because it's it's a daily thing that he has to do now, similar to keeping track of his money. But somehow things just fall out of his pockets. They just kind of fly away in the wind.
1: (laughs) My mother used to describe me as she said, every time I look at you, this is when I was John's age. It's like, it's like you walk around and just behind you, as you lift up your heel, the whole earth is Falling away, crumbling, yeah. and you don't yeah. even notice. Under no. each step, the whole world is just vanishing and you have no idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> I mean, just this morning, he's going off to this huge biking day, you know, and he's, he's missing one of his important knee pads. Like he's going to this big bike park thing where you need to be padded up. And who knows? It just, it's just, it's just gone. It's like, <laughs> this is important. This is your safety. You know, it's a really important piece of equipment. It's just gone. Happens to be in a friend's car that lives down on the other side of town and whatever. Anyway, the other day he comes to me and he's like, I had $18 in my pocket. $10 must have fallen out. And of course I get mad at him. And he goes, well, it's not my fault. It just fell out. Fell out of my pocket. (laughs) It's
1: gravity's fault, mom. That
0: is your fault. Like, (laughs) I understand it was an accident, but like, it's very much your fault. And he stuffs the money in his pocket and not in his wallet. His wallet is there. And I said, Well, if you pull your phone out, you pull your wallet out, the money comes out, you know. And if you're on the move and it falls out, I think he went back and found part of it laying on the street. So I'm trying to teach him. We've done the whole, we've done a year, it's over a year, year and a half, of course. So I mean, he understands the basics and the fundamentals of budgeting. He's still, very much a work in progress mostly because he's hungry all the time and spends his money on food but he's getting kind of these like really important concepts but just the keeping of the money in the pocket is a really hard one right now organizing the money inside the wallet and then putting the wallet in the pocket and it's funny because I feel like this is sort of a thing that I would be dealing with with like a four or five year old but then we revisit it at 14 15 years old And so I just feel like, you know, I don't know that I really have a question for you on this, but I feel like this is probably something that a lot of parents not struggle with or challenged with maybe is this constant like retraining every month of these same topics in different ways. And I just feel like being on the core journey, keeping that money and budgeting and responsibility front and center and like the topic of conversation has been a really critical element in in just this process of growth and making sure that it's always like a really important topic for our family and our kids to to continue. It's not just like, here, here's the lesson, now go and you're done. It, It really is this daily monitoring, daily education, daily refining, daily reminding. And I get really frustrated, Alec. And I I guess I just wanted to say that is that, you know, just cause my kids are 12 and 14, it's still every day, every week, every month, we still come up against learning moments and challenges. And and I think it's the blessing, right, that you've given me and the core community to like make this a topic that's front and center and something that we continue to work on and put importance on. So I don't know if you have any of those kinds of experiences with your kids of like losing money. I know Grace lost a gift card one time and you had to deal with Mm -hmm. that. You know, kids come and it's like, well, I lost it. You need to repay it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. why should I repay it? You know, this is how you learn, child. Yeah. How did you deal with that again? I forgot how you dealt with her losing that gift card.
1: In that case, Grace actually lost a gift card that wasn't hers. This was a gift card that we had given her. Okay, this is the present you need to give this child at the birthday party when you go. And she lost that. It was $40 gift card or something like that. So she, yeah, she had to replace it. Well, we already spent the $40. So now you get to spend the $40, which the emergency reserve would be a great place to do that from? But we weren't doing that at the time. So we just constructed a way for her to pay us back. But my broader comment, I mean, I know you didn't ask a question, but my my broader comment or feeling about what you said was, I love my kids, but boy, are they pains in the butts. I mean, and every parent deals with the same, just the, you know, different pain, different description of where the pain point is, right? When we look at the core journey and the consistency is so important, I think of it less as as daily, partially because that's intimidating, I think, for some, but also, it does depend on the household. Sometimes it it's not necessarily daily. It could be weekly. Money touches things very often in life. True. But I think of it more as the consistency of the monthly conversation you're having, right? That's, that's the watering of the tree that you're doing every month. And that is where it all stems from, right? To continue that tree analogy. And I think at the end of the day as much as john is a pain in the butt with this particular thing think of where he would be if you were doing this every month he would not have that sense of the budgeting and the money and and perhaps wouldn't even feel the sense of loss that he has i mean he's genuinely has trouble obviously keeping track of his stuff and money is included but what we're going for then since we can't always make sure that he is going to hang on to his money is I want him to feel the genuine loss when that happens, as opposed to like, uh, there's another one. I have another $10 somewhere.
0: Right. He understands the value of money, which is what right. at the fundamental basis, this is all about, right, is getting your kids to understand what is $10. He knows the value of that $10 and how much of a sandwich that is, or that it could buy him two yerba mates. You know, he drank all my kombucha last week. I had bought Myself, some lovely health aid kombuchas. They were out in the outside fridge. I go out there. Not only are they drank, they're empty bottles put back in the fridge. He added insult to injury. Yeah. So I said, "You, you need to walk yourself over to Ralph's today and get me my two kombuchas. You need to replace those. Well, I don't have any money. Figure it out. Find the money. I don't know. Borrow from friends. I don't care how you do it. You drank my kombuchas. You didn't ask. They were empty. Go buy them. So he knew that $10 he lost would have paid for those kombuchas. I don't know how he got them. I mean, I, I know he didn't steal them. He figured it out. He I don't know. I don't know where he got the money, but. He got it. It must It must have been in his bucket or it must have been on his card or something, you know, but he figured it out and he got me those kombuchas. But I, I do think you're right. Like just knowing the value of that and the pain of that and that had he not lost those that ten dollars, he would have also been able to get himself two kombuchas or two yerba mates or whatever yeah. he wanted. And I think, you know, years ago I would have been like, OK, yeah, you know sorry, you lost the $10 or sorry, you drank my kombuchas. No, now it's very specific. Money for money. We take responsibility for our actions. We need to make up for it when we lose money or when we drink people's drink.
1: Now, functionally, I do think that there's a couple of things that potentially we could do to help them along with that. You know how I feel about cash, that cash is really important, right? How do you teach somebody to value a dollar. You've heard me say this a million times, right? That is you giving somebody a dollar and they get you in return something that you value, right? That's valuing a dollar. He's been doing this now for, like you said, almost two years, so he understands that. So it might be perfectly appropriate to transition him less on cash. I still think there's an important place for it. I think it's great to get a phone case where there's a $20 bill that's in the back of that case always. But if he doesn't have Apple Pay yet, it might be time to add that to his phone and link it to the card so that he carries less cash. Have it be his sort of a a mini emergency reserve, if you will, in the back of his phone. But for the most part, it's really the card and and Apple Pay. Middle school, late middle school, early high school, I think is really a prime time to introduce the debit cards and, and the Apple Pay solutions. So he could be ready for that.
0: So this might be a topic for another podcast, but going into Apple Pay, I love I love the idea of him having some cash because I think it's important to be able to manage cash. The credit card, I think, is a little bit more restrained. And when he's out, he, you don't even know how you many times I card, right? his debit card. Yeah, his okay. debit card. Every time I look at his statement, it's like, insufficient funds, <laughs> insufficient funds. He goes and tries to buy stuff all the time and has no money on it. So he's learning the pain of that too. How embarrassing that is to go up and have no money on your card. But the nice. problem with Apple pay, like I said, this could be a deeper conversation for another, t- you know, another day's podcast, but he has, you know, a friend that has unlimited funds on Apple pay. His friend is always like, Oh, oh no. I've got Apple pay. I've got Apple pay. I I got, you know, I can pay for anything. I got Apple pay. And And there's no real like, I don't think there's like a budget or a strategy there. It's just like when he needs money, there's money on Apple Pay. So there's also that really hard thing of kids learning, you know, some of their friends have unlimited access because they've got Apple Pay and then other kids that have no allowance and never have any money to spend. And I guess this is just like a real world lesson also is kind of navigating how you deal with your friends and peers and colleagues. And everybody's got different types of budgets and different amounts of money. And I'm gonna have to teach him like just because your friend can swipe everything with Apple Pay doesn't mean you can use Apple Pay that way. You still have to follow these rules and the strategy that we've been working on. And Apple Pay doesn't mean just like open the floodgates. It means right.
1: Apple Pay doesn't mean one other money. way to right. pay
0: using your monthly no. allowance, you know?
1: Exactly. So what I mean specifically, though, is you can use Apple Pay with the debit card. You can link Apple Pay to the debit card as opposed to like I have it linked to my credit card, uh, but I also have it linked to my debit card. Should I want to use that? So you can set that up on his right. phone.
0: Right, I'm just yeah, absolutely saying I need to make sure he understands it's the same as using the, the debit card. Exactly. It's not like Apple Pay is like
1: <laughs> it's not. It's free flowing at the river. end of the rainbow. Yeah. No, no, his not. Apple pay, no. his
0: friend's Apple pay might be the free flowing, you know, fountain of wealth, but his, John's will not be the free flowing fountain of wealth. Be Maybe instead just, of stealing
1: the kombucha, he should have gone stealing that kid's iPhone.
0: Exactly. It's like, <laughs> I want that kid's Apple pay, not my Apple pay.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. So, yeah, so this could be a, a very good time to introduce that to him. Say, listen, kid, I want to protect you from yourself and mm-hmm. perhaps you shouldn't be carrying around the wallet as much instead let's get you a phone case with a little hidden component there where you can stuff some cash you can keep your card it's all in one little unit and let's link your your apple pay to your debit card how, how do you feel about that
0: yeah to be honest he's a very responsible kid in so many ways you know he can he can find his way around this entire city he can take the train places manage his time really well when i tell him to be at the tutor at five and ride his bike there he i mean he's he's definitely like on it when he needs to be but it's the it's the material stuff you know that just kind of flows it just it just flies away
1: falls (laughs) under his feet with every step i i get it my mother will appreciate that (laughs) and she will appreciate this podcast for sure All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. So thank you, everybody, for being here and for listening. Julie, we sprinkled you all over this episode and that always makes it better.
0: Thanks, Alec. Fun to be here. (laughs) Always fun to talk about kids and money.
1: Yep. So everybody, just as a reminder, as always, the best place to start your sense of responsibility journey is on our website, senseofresponsibility.com. C-E-N-T-S, of course, because (laughs) we're so clever, Julie. Um, And You'll find links to the blog, the podcast, all of that good stuff. Don't forget to hit subscribe to wherever you're listening to this or watching it or whatever it is. And of course, Julie, we close with teach sensibly, everybody.
0: See you next time.